MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cash Flow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're going to get an update on the economy and markets from the Robin Hood of Wall Street. My guest in this episode is Greg Manorino, known as the Robin Hood of Wall Street. Greg is an active and full-time trader of the capital markets with a worldwide following. He became interested in Wall Street, like many others at the time, in 1987 after seeing the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas. Around that time, he was able to get an entry-level position, then subsequently to the trading floor at the now-defunct bank Bear Stearns. But within a relatively short time, realized that working on Wall Street was not like the movies, and he moved on. He went on to get a medical degree and practice medicine as a physician assistant beginning in 1996 and is now retired from practice. Greg also served in the United States Naval Reserve Medical Service Corps, having attained the rank of lieutenant. He published a book also on casino blackjack strategies and has even been banned from playing the game in several Las Vegas casinos. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form to see if you're a good fit for our group. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Greg, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. I've been following your work for quite a while and I uh, learned quite a bit. And uh, yeah, you're just uh, a wealth of knowledge with, with regards to what's going on in the economy and the markets. And, you know, I think I just shared with you the story the first time I came across some of your stuff. There was a listener that actually forwarded a video on that Bitcoin call when you said, listen, <laughs> be a buyer, beware, dump it now. Because uh, once these guys get, uh, get involved uh, with Wall Street, there's, uh, there's one side that wins all the time. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, but I think a good place for us to start would be if you could just share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners. Sure. Uh, well, I, I am a full-time trader of the equity markets. Uh, more specifically, I trade equity derivatives. 
Um, I've been at this for quite a while now. Uh, I did retire from uh, 20 years of practicing medicine. Uh, and I, I think there's a lot of similarities between, I think, medicine and, uh, and the financial markets. It's all about trying to uh, understand how things work. And I think anyone with a medical background, if you notice, uh, the guy from the big short, what was his name, Dr. Burry? Uh, yeah. You know, he, he was the one that uh, kind of was telling everyone to keep their eye on the markets. You know, I, I think, you know, these backgrounds, although they might seem very, very different, are, are, are very much the same. It's about solving problems. And I think with the, that's what these markets are, and just cutting through a lot of the, uh, the nonsense and, and the noise Try to focus on the big picture. Uh, that's that's what I do, pretty much. I, I as you know, I've run a couple of uh, blogs here. They're uh, global. They do very well. I'm I'm trying to really get people to understand what's going on in these markets and how they don't have to lay down and be fleeced from them. Um, that that's really my goal. It's been my goal since day one here to try to put a perspective on what's going on and how people can make sense of it. What And staying on that topic, what do you see currently going on in the global economy and in markets? Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty. We're around uh, an election, which it seems everyone is the most important one ever. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty globally in, in, uh, in, in a lot of different, especially the emerging economies. You know, I'm from South Africa. I see that there's a lot of uncertainty in that economy. What are you, what, what are you seeing out there? Well, there's no doubt about it. I've been sounding the alarm for quite a while about emerging markets, emerging economies. You know, look, I think what people need to understand, especially if you live here in the United States, is there is a serious effort to keep people uh, in, in a box. In other words, don't look outside the borders of the United States. Um, it, it's a very strange phenomenon, I think. And this is probably going on all over the world. Um, the, the issue is about, it's always about control. And it's about controlling the way people think. Um, so they can't formulate um, a proper uh, understanding of what's going on. So there, it's no secret here. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of issues uh, with emerging markets for quite a while. Um, and people are dumbfounded because they don't understand that they, they seem to believe, at least here in the United States, that nothing occurs outside of our borders. Uh, our markets are our markets and nothing is, they're, they're uh, isolated from world events and nothing could possibly be further from the truth. I'll tell you something else I believe too with this whole trade war that's going on. We are in a trade war and there's a lot of propaganda that's being spewed out. Uh, you know, all warfare, all warfare is based on deception. This is no exception to that rule. So a lot of the stuff that's being floated out here uh, through the mainstream media outlets is, is done on purpose as a distraction. Look here, don't look here. Case in point, don't look at what's going on in the emerging markets, emerging market economies. You know, the, the, the fact that we are uh, sincerely uh, in, in a land where no man or woman has gone before with regard to uh, global debt, which gets worse every single day, world central banks buying everything in sight to keep everything propped up, reinflating bubbles, causing uh, massive distortions across the spectrum of asset classes, malinvestments. Um, 
But again, sitting back and looking at the big picture, it's not too hard to understand um, what people need to be looking at and doing uh, to at least make some sense of this and and probably more than likely come out uh, on the other end of this because it's it's going to come to an end at one point uh, better than they are now. You mentioned debt, and that's one thing I've been keeping my eye on as well, because obviously the problems are known to some if you look at the, the enormous um, uh, debt that the, that the U.S. has. But the U.S. is really not alone in this. If you look at the global debt from all of these countries, I mean, it, it is combined bigger than the entire global economy. Way, way bigger. And it's not only just that. People will look at things at face value. Now, look, we can, you know, there's... Anyone that's probably listening to this that knows my work uh, understands and that, again, like I was saying before, this is literally, I'm not just making this up when I'm saying this. This is an environment we have never been in before, ever, ever in history with regard to the financial markets, um, where there has been a coordinated effort between world central banks and their respective uh, leaders, I think it's the opposite way. I think the, the central banks are running the show across the spectrum, but where, where they have inflated uh, a bubble like this in debt, it's a global phenomenon like you just alluded to. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. You cannot escape this. And that there lies the biggest problem and the biggest issue that we're going to have to deal with down the line. World central banks never, ever, ever had a plan of how they would unwind this bubble. Now, I think personally that this has been done on purpose. Um, what do we know about world central banks? Well, let's stick to ours here, the Federal Reserve. They are a, they're a serial bubble blower. They, they inflate bubbles, they deflate bubbles. They inflate bubbles and they deflate bubbles. This is a, a normal, quote unquote, normal cycle of events that has been going on since what feels like time immemorial, since the stock market had begun. It's a mechanism here. The middle class, unfortunately, and this is not just this here in the United States, this is also a global phenomenon, is never allowed to keep the wealth that they acquire. And this is done on purpose because these bubbles get get the middle class to invest in, in, in everything that they're kind of told to uh, invest in. Oh, you know, the stock market's great. The economy's never been any stronger than it is right now. So what do people do? They start throwing their cash into the markets. Uh, and, and, and what does this do? This, this inflates stock prices. And then all of a sudden, when, the, when this whole thing reverses, because it will, markets run in cycles, who gets stuck holding the bag? It's the middle class, always the same. And when the markets do correct to a fair value, because that's their only job, the, the job of the market, what people maybe don't know, is, is one thing and one thing only to determine fair value, period. Um, they're not being allowed to do that. We have a managed market on a global scale. When you have world central banks who are buying everything in sight, artificially suppressing interest rates, well, if, if we understand, and this is a fact, that everything prices up what's happening in the debt market, stock prices, housing prices, in a real market, metal prices, currency, it all, it all currency is also part of the debt too. But that is how the markets attempt to determine fair value with regard to they see the stock market. So we have an environment where we are in here in the United States. We're now for an entire decade 
we've had an artificially suppressing of interest rates. What does that do? It inflates bubbles. It opens when interest rates are suppressed. It opens a doorway for cash to move into the stock market. That was the plan from the Fed and other world central banks from the get go. That's how they reinflated a bubble. And I mean, how anyone can't see this is got to be completely blind. When, when rates are suppressed, there's nowhere else to go but into risk assets. So what has happened is we've inflated this bubble here in the stock market. Um, and this is going to correct the fair value. All Everything will at one point. Right now, we have a managed market, no doubt about it. I just explained to people right here in a few paragraphs how it works. And um, it's not going to go on forever. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't care. Uh, I just want to be on the right side of that trade. But going to back what you were saying a minute ago, yeah, this is a global phenomenon. I don't think people understand how how – Oh, I, I can't even come up with the right word. How absolutely off the Richter scale it is. It's it's huge. It's the biggest threat facing the world right now is the global debt. And unfortunately, there's going to be a moment of reckoning here. There's going to be a terrible price to pay when this does correct to fair value. You mentioned uh, uh, basically a concept where wealth is just transferred, right? Wealth is always transferred from one party to another through different markets. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't go to money in, money heaven. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, for a lot of people, and I've shared this quite a bit on my show, that the majority of folks have their money in the stock market and their primary residence. And that's mm-hmm. it. And that's where the biggest wealth transfers happen uh, when especially these, these, these markets correct. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the, most people are go- flooding into this too because of the low interest rates. And you, ma- you mentioned the word suppressed interest rates. Uh, and there, there was a libel rigging scandal. And then I saw recently there, there's some more libel rigging going on. Any comments on this? And it, it, maybe you could share with my listeners too what this means uh, for the average person everywhere on the planet. Absolutely, 100%. Look, this first of all, we've been seeing this phenomenon of, of, of rigging, of, of LIBOR. Uh, it, it's not just one bank. It's, it's, it seems like a, a repetitive thing is going, going on and on and on and on. Um, and, and it's not just LIBOR. It's the metals markets. I think at least five banks in the last year alone have been caught red-handed rigging the metals markets. Everything is rigged. Look, this market is not real. This is what I'm trying to explain to people. We've never seen this before. We are existing in a financial and economic fantasy land. So when when I watch, for example, the uh, who I refer to as the Confederacy of Dunces, this is the mainstream financial channels, more specifically CNBC, um, and they sit there and they try to convince everyone that the market is real, the market is fairly valued, uh, their new catchphrase is the market is not overvalued. It's just overinvested. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I mean, th- this is what they do. They throw this stuff out here. They twist everyone's ability to to think. They go, oh, oh, really? Is that really? I, I can't believe people buy that stuff, but they do. Um, it's some kind of a brainwashing mechanism, I, I assume. But I think what people need to just know, looking at this thing from a macro perspective, it's not real. If we going back, look, to me, I don't care. I look at the stock market secondarily, although I trade it. My first 
order of business every day of my life is to look at the bond market. I, and more specifically, look at the 10-year yield. Everything prices off of what the 10-year yield is doing, even mortgage rates. So everything prices off of the 10-year yield. So I look at the 10-year yield to get a gauge as to what I believe the stock market is going to do. That's number one. Number two, I look at the dollar. I say, what's the dollar doing today? And then I try to say, okay, this is the most likely scenario of what the stock market is going to do. People don't understand that at all. People seem to believe that, you know, it's everything is, it's about the stock market. The stock market is the effect of, of what is occurring in the debt market and with the dollar. So understanding those, that concept that I just outlined is humongous. Uh, for people who are trying to capitalize on what's going on here. Forget the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's 30 companies, yes, 30 of the world's largest companies, but the 30 companies nonetheless. We need to focus on, I guess, the cause. The cause of things is going to occur in the bond market, in the debt market first, and that's going to bleed off into the stock market. And that's, again, why world central banks have chosen to rig the debt market. Because it's rigged. I mean, could anyone imagine sincerely what the price of, let's say, uh, holding a debt for 10 years would actually be uh, in this environment? No one's smart enough to know. That's the truth. We, we are existing in an environment that has been faked now for an entire decade. World central banks buying everything in sight. So, who knows what the actual value of debt is? Um, it, it would be multiples higher. The yield would have to be multiples, multiples, multiples higher right now. And what would that mean for the stock market? Think about it. Uh, it would the stock market value if we had a real debt market. No one's smart enough to know that either, in my view. Uh, but I can promise you that stocks would probably probably be less than half with regard to the Dow. Maybe even maybe two-thirds of what they are now. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's just not real. And that's what people need to understand. So for myself, and I'm getting involved in this market here, I'm literally treating the fakery that is occurring. We know what they're going to do before they do it. That's the beauty of the environment we are in. Uh, it's almost, for, for someone like myself, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the truth. Uh, and it's, it's going to continue this way until it doesn't. That's really all I can say. And, and, and for people looking for, okay, well, when is it going to not? Well, it's, you're not going to be able to see this in the stock market. Although the, we, we have seen some pretty wild gyrations lately in this market, it's, it, this is nothing as well in my view. Um, stocks are down, what, 10, 15% off the high, uh, something around. But I don't care. It doesn't matter because the debt market is stable. The big one is what I think everyone is looking for. And the big meltdown or the big correction to fair value is going to start in the bond market first. Um, where we're going to get an uncontrolled sell-off in the bond market. And, and central banks will not be able to uh, continue to buy everything in sight. They'll be too too big of a run out the door. So rates will spike. Uh, when rates spike in an uncontrolled fashion, and that's is what I believe is going to happen at one point, it's going to put an enormous amount of pressure on the stock market. You're going to get a bleeding off of the bond market, a bleeding off of the stock market, and cash is, like you had to said, you must watch my work. Cash does not go to money heaven. It's going to look for other places to go. And in my opinion, it's going to go into commodities 
um, at one point. You mentioned a couple of things there. So you're going to look at the flows into the, the, the bond market and that will kind of uh, give you the indicator of when things will start to unravel as, you, as you're looking at it, Greg. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And for my listeners too, that's not familiar with it, maybe you can share that, you know, just speak to the size of the bond market compared to the stock market. Because I don't think um, uh, many folks know the, the importance of the bond market and, and, and why it would start there. Sure. Well, the debt market, it's amazing that you would say that because people don't even have a conception of it. It's multiples larger, exponentially larger than the stock markets around the world combined. Um, So again, this is why. Take the largest part of the market, and this is the aspect that world central banks have decided to get in here and and rig because it's it's rigged. I, I don't know another way to put it. It's not being... The market, the debt market is not being allowed to determine fair value. Instead of that, world central banks are buying all the debt. They are the, they are the lenders of last resort. Uh, it's, it's a desperate situation. It's a desperate move, what we're seeing here. And, and look at what it's done. It's inflated housing bubbles. It's inflated stock market bubbles. It's caused malinvestments all over the place, distortions. And all of this will, will will correct to fair value at one point that includes the debt market and it's going to it's going to be a moment that people are going to talk about probably <laughs> for centuries uh when this does correct to fair value because we, again we we've never been here before no one knows there's no dot plots here you know people talk about the federal reserve and their projections about what they, they think is going to happen they have no idea they have no models as a matter of fact it's not just the fed every single world central bank on the planet right now um has no models for where we are they cannot accurately predict what's going to happen or when it's going to happen what we do know is uh for example here in the united states um and this is this goes for all all world central banks around the world. Truly, they are well, well, well behind the curve. They should have been normalizing for a very, very long time. But again, they had no plan. They have no model. There's no way to that they can possibly get this right. There's going to be mistakes made down the line. If you ask me, our Federal Reserve has never gotten anything right. However, that can be looked at it from another perspective. They are serial bubble blowers. They do that on purpose to fleece the middle class, to transfer wealth from one group of people to a very large group of people to a very small amount of people. All I want as a trader, as a person that's active in these markets, is a real market. And we don't have one by any stretch of the imagination. The market's absolutely fake. What are some of the things that uh, people can do to prepare themselves for a storm or a massive correction? You mentioned that um, uh, money has to flow somewhere. It's going to look for a place to go into and commodities might be, might be the area that, uh, that, that it flows into. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, and what I want people to understand on, on a bigger picture scale, this is really not just, in fact, the biggest part of it is not a financial problem. This, this issue that we are going to face is going to be, unfortunately, an availability of resources. Not that there's not going to be enough resources to go around, but it's an availability issue, meaning simply this. 
People transact in fiat currency, which is a part of the debt. These are debt units. They are unbacked liabilities being dispersed by bankrupt governments around the world. Okay. Um, what's going to end up happening here when we have a meltdown in the debt market is units of debt, which include fiat currencies, are going to lose an enormous amounts of purchasing power. So what that means is people are going to run into a situation where the dollars that they hold um, are, are not going to have nearly the ability to acquire whatever they're going to be spending them on. For what, I'm, what I'm describing is an uh, is a inflationary phase, um, and it could be pretty profound because again, what what it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. We're, the, the situation is very simple. We have world central banks that have inflated the world with debt and debt units. They have been adding digit to a screen, um, uh, printing cash out of thin air to buy everything in sight. So we have a world flooded uh, in fiat currency in one form or another, whether it's a uh, digital or, or printed. Now, at one point, all of these extra bills and whatever form they exist are going to start to chase the same amount of goods. Again, don't have to be a rocket scientist to see where this is going. We're going to face a massive inflationary environment. The reason why we're not seeing that now is very, very simple. It's something called money velocity. Money velocity is the rate at which cash moves through an economy. We are here in the United States very close to historic low. Cash is not moving around, although this is supposed to be here in the United States, some type of, of, of an economic you know, masterpiece or boom or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, well, we can't have uh, a real uh, economic recovery without cash moving through our economy. If cash isn't moving through the economy, you're also not collecting collecting tax dollars either. Um, so the, 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 it's it's a multiple edged sword if you want to think of it in those kind of terms. So going back to what I was saying here, unfortunately, we've created the Federal Reserve, world central banks have created an artificial environment. Uh, in many ways, and in, and in a worst case scenario meltdown, uh, when we get a correction to fair value, there's gonna be a lot of people out here um, who are gonna be caught on the wrong side of this, and they're gonna end up in a situation where we are not going to be able to acquire things that they need, even to survive. Um, again, this is a worst case scenario, which it looks like we're marching into one globally. It's, it's really the truth here. Again, this is where no man or woman has gone before. Um, but, what I want people to, to understand again, why this more than likely will end up like this is let's talk about the last time we had a meltdown like this, a very similar scenario to what we have now, uh, distortions, asset bubbles. And when the markets tried to correct to a fair value in 2008, before the Federal Reserve stepped in here in the United States with QE1, um, we had a, a, a freezing up of the credit markets. What that means is transactions would came to a halt. Um, they would, if they didn't, if the Fed had not stepped in at that moment, um, no cash would have been available from anyone's bank account. Uh, ATMs would stop working. Businesses could, could not transact. Everything would stop. So this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying um, that, and we're going to hit it again. There's no doubt about it. We're going to get another credit freeze uh, in the next correction to fair value, where the market's going to at least attempt to establish that. What gets under my skin more than anything else when I look back on, let's say, 2008, 
was what was really going on there was, again, just a distorted market trying to determine fair value. Wasn't allowed to do that. Um, when the market market was cut in half, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went from, I think it was 12,000 to 6,000, and the Fed stepped in here and started buying. That And when they did that with that QE1 to literally unfreeze the credit market, it wasn't really to prop up the stock market at that point. They needed to get cash moving again. So QE1, maybe QE2, maybe, but QE1 is really what it should have, where they should have stopped. They should have said, okay, we got the credit markets running. Okay, let's just let the market do its one and only you know, job and determine fair value. But they didn't do that. The Fed got in here with QE1 and then Operation Twist and then whatever they decided to do after that. And what people don't understand is QE never really stopped. They're still in there buying bonds. The Federal Reserve is still in the market buying debt every single day. So the rigging is still going on here. The Fed does not have magical powers. They have to, they can't just say, hey, everybody, guess what we're going to do? We're going to keep rates low. They have to get into the market and make it happen. How do they do that? <laughs> By adding digits to a screen and buying the debt with it. It's, it's just, it's an incredible situation, but it's the truth. So what was not allowed to happen was a market to determine fair value back in 08. Um, and that has, again, inflated a, a, a bubble in debt that is so big, uh, I can't even get my head around it. And I think about it every day. This is really the truth. Uh, and it's inflated all these other bubbles too. But this is going to correct again. I, I sincerely believe we're going to end up with another credit freeze. Now, here's the, here's the issue. What is the Fed going to do next time? How do they unfreeze the credit market? They're going to print more cash out of thin air? But at that point, the issue is going to be very straightforward. It's going to be a meltdown of the debt market for which the currency is a unit of that debt. So there's going to have to be some type of a new system put in place. But again, from a financial standpoint, yeah, the market will determine fair value, but it really comes down to a resource problem and the potential for massive global unrest uh, and and people in the streets right here in the United States, um, <laughs> I don't know a, a nice way to put this, but turning into animals uh, is very very high. Now there's there's a lot of guys out here, and it's not you know who are starting to sound the alarm. But I'm talking about multi-billionaire hedge fund managers who much must watch my work because they sound like me now, <laughs> uh, and I've been talking about this stuff for years. But that's really the truth. But so if you want to talk about this from a financial standpoint, how can I, what can I do? It's very simple. Understand that the markets run in cycles. Right now, they are doing everything they can to maintain a risk on environment, meaning keeping rates suppressed, opening the doorway for cash to flow into the stock market. Capitalize on it. Okay, again, gift that keeps on giving. But at the same time, they should be understanding where cash is going to be moving down the line. And to me, it's in suppressed assets. And I've been an advocate of this since day one. Years I've been talking about how I believe it's going to cash will move into commodities, into precious metals. Uh, silver is my all-time favorite. Physical silver is my all-time favorite uh, undervalued asset. I think it's the most undervalued in the history of the world. So understanding how these things work and how the market runs in cycles makes it simple for us to understand how we can capitalize on this down the line. 
Um, so there's many ways to do it. I trade these markets. I understand how they work. I, I try to put a perspective on that for people so they can take advantage of it. I post my own trades on my website, traderschoice.net, left side of the page. You can go see them right now. Those are my own credit spreads. That's how I'm trading the market through a mechanism called credit spreads. Um, and then for the longer run, understanding that cash is going to move around uh, and eventually, I believe, fiat currencies are going to suffer a massive loss in purchasing power. How do you preserve that? By putting into assets that are real. So that's simple. What's your take on and what do you see uh, happening in the crypto markets and Bitcoin and how does this play into this scenario? You know, <laughs> I, I have, um, when Wall Street got their hands on the Bitcoin futures, uh, I really turned negative, as you know. Um, in fact, you said this is how you became aware of my work on, on the crypto space. I did not want to see this happen. I wanted Wall Street to keep their long, ugly hands off of it. I didn't want Wall Street in any way involved in the crypto market. So I cannot value this anymore uh, accurately. I honestly can't. Uh, so with that said, I don't have any right now. I have a very small amount of steam that I, I'm holding right now, but that's only because it's part of my steam blog. I don't, I don't own any. I used to own all the big ones. Um, I don't have any now, but I mean, there's a lot of people out there who believe that it's going to be the next b biggest thing, but I can promise people that if Wall Street gets their hands on it, it'll go whatever way they want it to go, uh, just like they have done with precious metals and just like they do with every other thing, LIBOR, <laughs> with, with bond market, you know, it's all rigged, it's all fake. So if, if, if Wall Street says, hey, you know, we want to uh, inflate a bubble here, another one, uh, in in, in, uh, in cryptocurrencies, like say Bitcoin, it'll happen. If they want to squash it down lower, that'll happen too. Um, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. So f I can't really sit here and and try to put a perspective on this for people because I don't know how to value it anymore. Uh, one day, maybe I will be able to again, but I've lost my mojo with regard to uh, <laughs> valuing cryptocurrency. And um I don't know, maybe there's someone out here smarter than me, uh, that, and I'd love to hear from you. Tell me how I can fairly value cryptocurrency in this environment, uh, understanding where we are, understanding how Wall Street has their hands on the futures market with regard to Bitcoin. Uh, I, I just want Wall Street's hands off of it all. I can't believe people want Wall Street to get involved. There are some that want Wall Street to get involved in this, and you got to be insane. I mean, the whole the whole thing with this cryptocurrency it was supposed to be, you know, uh, you know, something that Wall Street would keep their hands off of uh, an alternative means of transacting outside of central banks. Well, how could it be outside of central banks if Wall Street's run by central banks now that Wall Street has their hands on Bitcoin futures? I don't, I don't see it. So that's, that's really all I can say with regard to that. You're listening to Greg Manorino on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back afterward from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar 
presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Greg Manorino on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Yeah, and I see a lot of, neg- I mean, there's a lot of negative stuff out there too, but then at the same time, there's so many conflicting things out in the media because you you see a lot of negative press on it from a, a lot of the media sources. But then if you read between the lines, you still see a lot of the investment banks opening up or looking to open up crypto trading desks, right? And bringing in all these consultants and all these folks to help them. So it's uh, it's very, uh, very muddy to try and figure out what what's going on. But uh, one thing's for sure, <laughs> they they want to be able to control it, as you said. Always, I mean that's that that's that's what bothers me the most. I mean, if if there's cash to be made in in any, I don't care if they're selling, I don't know whatever it might be. Uh, Wall Street's going to get their hands on this stuff. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, they and they want to get their hands at every freaking thing, and that drives me crazy. So I don't know what to say about it. Uh, Traded, I guess. I don't know how to even do that anymore. Uh, I was involved in Bitcoin for a while. I posted everything I was doing at the time. Uh, all the articles are still on my Steamit blog, every single thing. I outlined it exactly for people, how it would work, why it would work, and it followed my what I was saying before. It actually did exactly like I said it would. But right now, I just can't do it anymore. So I'm kind of staying out of that space and do what I do best, and that is trade equity derivatives until I can't. (laughs) Absolutely. What are some of your, what are some of the things that you're looking at when you look at the markets for, for 2019? We're here at the end of 2018. How do you see the rest of the year play out? What, what, what do you think's on tap for 2019? Well, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to wake up in the morning or I'm going to check on my iPhone in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm going to look at uh, the, what, the, what bond markets are doing around the world. And then I'm going to look back more specifically at what our 10-year yield is doing. That's it. It's going to dictate the direction of stocks. Again, if they keep rates suppressed, um, there's only one place where cash is going to go. It's going to move into the stock market um, until, until it doesn't. Too. I mean, does anyone find it shocking uh, why our president wants the Federal Reserve to keep the easy money going? No, he understands how it works. He wants cash to be moving more into the stock market. Uh, you know, that's, that's just the way it's going to go and, until it doesn't. So I don't even really think too far ahead. This is how I operate. Uh, and I, I trade the market I have. Not the one I'm thinking about, dreaming about, foaming at the mouth over. I look at look at what's going on now. I try to make sense of it. Of course, I have to think a little bit down the line here. I mean, if you look at uh, my my credit spreads here, uh, most of them expire, let's say, three, four weeks out or so like that. So, of course, I have to think a little bit down the line. But for the big tell, it's always going to be it's going to be in the bond market. I, I, I'm not wavering from that. I've never wavered from that since day one. I always been explaining this to people. You know, it took me a long time, I, and I'm going to be honest, uh, and I've, I've been saying this, to really understand that the market is completely fake. When when this whole thing melted down in 2008, I was still kind of like, uh, I don't know, having a knee-jerk reaction in my brain, thinking that the market was real uh, in some kind of a way, and this wasn't going to continue on. 
But it did. It kept going on and on and on. And we kept seeing, I mean, after QE1, then we had QE2. Then I started to say, hold on a second. Then we had, upper, was it QE3 or Operation Twist? I don't remember what they even called it after that. So when, you, when I started saying, oh, my goodness, there's, nothing is being allowed here to normalize or, or being allowed to be real. Then I said, wow, this is this is really where no man has gone before. It's completely fake. And it's more fake today than it has ever been. But that makes it simple, at least in this environment, to know what we have to do. Yes, the market has been scary lately. We've seen some pretty significant gyrations. It's all over the place. 500-point sell-offs by 500-point gains, then 800-point sell-offs followed by a 700-point gain. It's crazy. Uh, It's got a lot of people rattled. And as we were talking about before this interview, I wake up every day and I look at my email box, my eyeballs explode. Um, people are getting very, very shook up, um, you know, but this is really not abnormal. It's abnormal for this environment to see these kind of wild swings in the market. But if you go back to before the Fed took over and you look at when we kind of had a real market, we never really had a completely real market. Let's let's be honest here. There's always been some type of rigging one way or the other here, but not like now, nothing like now. And um so what people need to understand is this is what we're seeing here. It's it's not anything dramatic. It's not the big one. Why? Because the bond market's not saying it's the big one yet. And that's all I really care about. I don't care about corrections. I don't care about, you know, sell-offs. I don't care. It doesn't phase me at all. What, what I'm focusing on here is the overall direction of the market, gauging what is happening in the bond market. It's that simple. It's If you break it down to those those basic elements, you'll have an idea of where we're going down the line a little bit. However, if you watch that 10-year yield and you see it started to creep up, let's say I think right now we're at 3.08 on the 10-year. If you see, let's say 3.1, 3.2, 3.3 over a short time period and it's not coming back down, that's going to be a big sign that things are about to get very, very ugly. Because again, everything prices over what's occurring in the bond market. If we see an uncontrolled sell-off, in the bond market, um, that's going to weigh on stocks and it's going to weigh on them big time. Uh, and then we'll start to see, hopefully, a real market. I'm looking forward to that moment in many, many ways. I want this market to be real. But I also want people to understand that it's not just a financial problem. They need to be in a mindset that things can get very disturbing, very ugly, very disruptive, right outside the streets of their own house. Um, because people are existing in an environment that is not real. And they're being told that everything is just great. They're being told that everything is perfect. Um, and then that's why the middle class always gets, you know, shocked when things reverse. If, what people don't remember is in 08, right at the top, right before this whole thing broke and melted down on a global scale, they were told the same things. Everything was great. Our economy is strong. Don't worry. Everything is just going to keep on going like it, it, it was going uh, at that moment. But it's always the same story at the top of every single bubble. And bubbles can go on for a long period of time, not saying we're there now. Um, but again, watch that bond market and you'll have a very good idea, 10-year yield more specifically as to what's going on. Now, Greg, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently uh, currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning? Well, 
You know, for me, it's pretty much become like a knee-jerk reaction. Um, again, understanding for myself how the dynamics in the market work, um, watching the flow of cash where I believe it's going to go. Obviously, we need to keep on top of geopolitical events, which are always the fly in the ointment. And, you know, there's no way to predict what's going to come out of uh, world leaders' mouths. Uh, the, the, <laughs> it's, it can be pretty over, overwhelming and it's going to rattle the market. So there, there's the one thing. I mean, but most things are constant uh, in, in this market. It's really the truth. Yeah, we're getting all these crazy gyrations lately. But if you go back uh, historically and look at the market, you can see there are certain months where the market does certain things historically. Let's say this month that we're in now in October. Historically, it's not a great month for the markets. Uh, next month, historically, things kind of turned around a little bit. Understand how to interpret market dynamics. It's not that hard. There's probably all kinds of books written about it. I try to keep people on top of this every single day. I do two video blogs a day, one when the market opens and one at the close. I also do a markets a look ahead segment so people can make sense of what's going on here. But people have to, what people need to focus on is not being distracted, not Look in the opposite place of where you're being told to look by the mainstream financial channels, by our uh, politicians. If they're saying look in one place, look on the opposite side of it. And, and that's more than likely where you should be, what you should be thinking about. So that, that's, I think, a big takeaway. Um, if, for example, if, one of the, if the big banks are coming out and saying everyone should be selling stocks, that means you probably should be buying them. Uh, so don't be misled by uh, misinformation. Interpret this for yourself. Don't let, you know, anonymous websites out here with no name people, with no credibility, shape the way that you think about these markets. Look at someone like yourself, for example, who puts himself out here, has people out here who, who have accountability because they can be recognized. So don't be distracted by what's going on. That's that's probably number one. Look in the opposite place of where they're telling you to look. That's probably also number one. <laughs> um, and, and try to use your own intellect here. People are losing the ability to think. Uh, I, I think that's really the truth as well. Sit back, take in a big picture outlet outlook on what's going on. Try not to sit there and, and, and look at the very tiny little details because the tiny little details come about of what's going on on a bigger picture. Um, like I was explaining to you, you know, I'm more of a macro guy. I try to take in what's going on globally, what's happening in these markets, what's coming out of people's mouths, what is the most likely outcomes, and then sit there and try to evaluate the little details. It's kind of difficult to do that. I hate little tiny details um, because they change too quickly. But the big picture things tend to remain constant. Now, a core message, Greg, in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, I'm going to say this, um, and every Friday, every single Friday video, that I do, video blog that I do, I leave people off with these things, with three things. It's ironic that you're asking me to choose three things. 
look at all look at what's going on around you and these markets and everything else you know what it means oh it doesn't mean anything what really means something is these three principles and i'm going to leave you with this love each other care about each other and be charitable that's what it all comes down to it's about humanity uh understanding that we're responsible for each other let's not let the powers that be divide us by every single thing they can think about uh, something that's been going on since the beginning of time. We're all part of the same family. It's really the truth. Um, and in some ways, adopt the, in fact, in every way, adopt, understand that you are your brother's keeper. And what we do here affects people around the world. And it's, it's about understanding those things to me, really, because you can't take any of this with you. It's the truth. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Greg, how can my listeners learn more about you or what you're up to and stay involved of, of all of the projects that you're involved with? Just go to my website, traderschoice.net. Uh, my videos are there. My trades are there. I have charts set up for people they can use. It's all free. Uh, I want people to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, that's it. And just understand where we are in the world right now. It's a very precarious place. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. But if we adopt those three principles we were just talking about, we will all be better off. Great. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge with my listeners and just providing a ton of value. Had a blast connecting with you. Yeah, it's been great. Let's do it again. Absolutely. MC Lobshire, the creator and host of The Cashflow Ninja and president of Producers Wealth. And I'm on a mission to help you achieve economic and financial freedom as quickly as possible. I achieve this by integrating the infinite banking concept with real estate investments to increase your efficiency and returns and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware of that you're losing. I share the number one strategy for investors in my holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text cashflowninja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.